Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 105. Speak no evil. How oh, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> All right, we have with us Ewan. Hello. And Jess. Hello. And no Larry, who uh, has left us with this film to review. <laughs> his, his pick. So it's... Uh, yeah, so what have you been up to? I have been pretty busy. Been to a music festival and watched some very old 80s bands. Um, I've been watching lots and lots of horror films. More than more than enough recently, actually. Pretty much every day. And I've made my way through Hellraiser 4, 5, 6, 7 <laughs> and the remake. And I've just started 8, I think. Gradually, they're getting worse. <laughs> I haven't seen anything beyond one, so I don't have it. Oh, oh. There, but... yeah, well, does it get know. better? <laughs> um, I really like four, but um, yeah. yeah, I think after four, they gradually get worse. So we won't make you watch them, Ewan. So what you've been up to? <laughs> uh, not my. I mean, I've I've had this week off, so I've had a lovely. Actually, um, pop down to. Uh, towards the west country so i went down to to hamble um uh when my was, parents was there yesterday there. Yeah, really? i was there yesterday day before yeah what were you yeah. what were you doing there testing i was working yeah oh okay Fair enough. yeah right um god right on the square if you can call it that so mm. uh yeah yeah it's nice down there yeah, it's really nice. So it's all by the river and everything. Yeah. Uh, so I just spent <laughs> spent the week just sort of reading, writing, not doing much. Um, I'm back on work. To, uh, back to work tomorrow. So it's been nice. Been nice. 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 You, Jess. Not a lot. Just work. Preparing for holiday. Um, so I go away next weekend. So yeah. So you won't be around for yeah? How long are you going for? A week? Two weeks? One week. One week. Yeah. Nice. Anywhere nice? Norwegian fjords. Oh. Yeah. It's pretty good. That, that sounds great. Probably won't see the Northern Lights this time of year, but never know. You never know. Mm. You never know. We speak about this film. Sure. I guess. A Danish family. <laughs> biz- okay. Deep size for oh. both of you. <laughs> A Danish family visits a Dutch family they met on holiday. What was supposed to be a bloody lovely weekend slowly starts unravelling as the Danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. They just need to be able to say no. To the food, of course, and to love. Dear Louise, Björn and Agnes, how are you? We were just talking the other day how nice it was spending time with you this summer. We would love to invite you to come to visit us. Yeah, I'll go over there, straight away. (laughs) Sorry for the mess. It's gonna get much worse. Come on. Yes. (laughs) He's been cooking all day. He's making wild boar. This is for you. I'm a vegetarian. I insist. <laughs> I insist. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to leave that, because that's where you say no. <laughs> start no. saying no. Start saying fucking no. <laughs> yeah, I found even that trailer quite triggering. Uh, oh. Watching it. Um, it's funny, this film, because I... I, I think it's it's a film I simultaneously love and hate at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those films that I loved watching, but I don't think I'll ever want to watch again. Um, exactly. Purely because it's kind of, I don't know, it, it's, it's in some ways it's more of a psychological thriller than a horror. It's kind of a psychological thriller that eventually turns into a horror, I think. Um, but yeah, you get these... Um, Basically, uh, these uh, Danish, uh, this Danish family on holiday in Italy, um, having a lovely time, um, doing whatever, and then they meet these uh, this Dutch couple who are 
apparently very nice, even though fr from the first they're a bit odd. Let's face it; these the, this couple is is just a just a tad odd. Um, but they have a lovely time in Italy, and then this Dutch couple invite. Oh, why don't you come round to to Holland and come to our house in the country? Um, and then uh, they do eventually with their kid, and then the film proceeds in this kind of a sort of progression of microaggressions in a way it's kind of these like little things that happen continuously little weird happenings like like in the trailer where um uh the mother of the of the danish family uh has said from the beginning that she's a vegetarian and uh the dutch family cooked wild boar and it proceeds very much like that and it's it's so unnerving throughout the point where i had to it's only what just just over 90 minutes this film um something like that and about 80 minutes too long yeah <laughs> i honestly had to pause it about three times because i had mm. to, i had mm. to collect myself because it's so sort of um especially with like my strand of social anxiety that i have it's just um looking too deeply into into things and you realize of course that there is a hidden motive behind these like little aggressions that this Dutch couple um, sort of um, facilitate, and um, it's it's I, it, it's a scary film throughout. I mean, it's it it's funny. My I my I mean, you brought it up about um, the the family or the the dad in particular. Um, not saying no to certain uh things and if he just said no and said let's leave it then the family would be safe and it would be all okay um it's funny though because i think that i, I kind of recognize that level of politeness i think it's a very kind of um almost middle class thing where you're just sort of like you're terrified of offending people and you don't you really don't want to um, rock the boat um, or anything like that and I think this is very much the case with this Danish family they don't want to offend the Dutch couple even though they're probably psychopaths <laughs> but in any case so I think it's it's more of a comment on that um, I think where it falls down is that I think it's a little too intense um, to the point where I no couldn't fun. Really enjoy it I actually think because I, I, I read an interview with the director and he said that um, he initially envisioned it as a comedy but then he sort of looked at it, looked, looked at the darker elements and then eventually made it into a horror. But I actually think the film would have been improved if there were more, there was more humour in it to relieve some of the tension which you feel throughout. And, it, and it's never really relieved um, because it's a very, very nihilistic ending, very dark, very depressing um, and, and very, very horrible. Um, and I think it own it's funny because um Lawrence actually brought up um when we're about to, <laughs> when we're about to watch this film that they're already there's already an American remake in the works um starring James McAvoy as the father and um but I but I wonder if um the Americans will be able to capture the the nihilism essentially because I because I, I, I think that's something that you those sort of European cinema can get away with much better than um hollywood because hollywood i think is just um who wants to put a positive spin on it or have some kind of hope at the end whereas the europeans just don't it reminded me a bit of like um that there's similar levels of pessimism and things like uh funny games which we, we reviewed before i mean this film is is clearly very influenced by funny games uh but also martyrs the the, the, the french film yeah Actually, it's funny though because I I was watching this. Oh, this reminds me of Martyrs. But I I, I mean I, I really don't like Martyrs because it's sort of um, it's horrible. You basically just put through sort of nausea for about yeah. <laughs> for about yeah. something like two hours. But I liked I liked Speak No Evil much better because I think it's it it sort of lives in the tension rather than the 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 sort of na na nauseous aspect of it. So I think that's where it has the level above Martyrs in some way. Um, but I, but I, I think it's a very good film, personally. Um, but again, as I say, I, I have no wish to watch it again. I think. Well, so this made twenty twenty two. Did you watch it on Shudder? Mm. Is that, yeah. 
That's where I watched it. And I think I watched it. It must have watched it when it came out because it felt old to me when I watched it again. Mm. Like, like older than 2022. So I must have watched it straight away. Um, had a budget of 2.8 million euros. Um, and a box office of 631,000. I can't imagine a lot of people going out to watch it. I don't know. Um, well, well, it's well, it's confusing because I think it was immediately picked up by Shudder after oh, yeah, I think okay. it premiered at Sundance, and then I think Shudder picked it up. So yeah. it's I, I don't know how, how much it um, in terms of streaming what, what, what happened there, but yeah. So what do you think on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to ask Jess first because like oh god. <laughs> Remember, there's a lot of people like Dan who would watch this because <laughs> this really this film's a hot pick, isn't it? It's, 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 this is a Dan special all over. So like eighty, yeah, something. Yeah, I reckon it's in the seventies somewhere. Yes, eighty-four. Okay. Mm-hmm. So eighty-four, which is a lot more than the Meg Two. Um. <laughs> Well, I've got some bullet points about this. I, I, mm-hmm. I wrote my, my usual stuff down. Um, I would never, ever be in that situation that they found themselves in, on, on many levels. Um, and I found the parents just to be so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think I would agree. And every... You know, you, you get a feeling for things in life. And, and I kind of try and... I'm a lot older than you guys, so I try and tr- trust my journey. It's the same with work and stuff. Sometimes you get a bit of a feeling, and you got to go with it, and you you have to say no. You just you just have to. Um, and I don't think these guys. Could... It was just yes the whole way, wasn't it? Or we'll go with it, or and that you could tell they were both parents. The what were they? They the Danish ones or they're Dutch ones. They were mental. Mm. You know I mean, they're all those sitting and they're driving. There's a scene where they're driving away and they decide to go back for a teddy bear or something. Yeah, that was. I so nearly turned off the film then. Yeah. As soon as they turned around, I was like, nah. <laughs> I was half like, hour in, I'm done. Are you? Are you mad? <laughs> it was frustrating. I mean, but I think. Um, and then they go body. off and have a good shout. Oh yeah, that sort out your problem. Let's go and shout at the top of it wherever they were. Yeah. But I think I think that's the but again that's I think that's the interesting thing is that um, the fam that family is clearly um, the Danish family is clearly almost um, guided by the dad. The dad is sort of almost subtly patriarchal in that he's the one who kind of wanted to go on the trip. Really, I don't think the mother really wants to go, and he also he also clearly has this. He ain't got a lot um, of friends. I don't think. No, I don't think he has a lot of friends, and I I think he wants to be seen as a man or a like sort of an alpha male type or a strong man type. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why he wanted he went and wants to go back and get his child's um, rabbit doll or whatever it was um, because he didn't want to be seen as a as a weak father. I think. Um, I mean, regardless, I'm just like you guys. I'm like, don't turn around, don't turn around. Oh, why have you turned around? Why why have you done that? What is the What's the point? Um, and then, interestingly, when when, um, when there's a like a lull in the film, which is very much required, I think, in order for it, all of us to gather ourselves together, when they go to the quarry, which becomes much more relevant at the end of the film, yeah. um, and the men just like scream into the air, reminded me a lot of um, uh, as um, Ruben Oslin made a film called um, Force Majeure, which is which has, has very similar themes and it has also has um two men screaming at, on, on top of a mountain um and i think there's a lot of sort of repressed male rage in that and i think that sort of serves as an explanation as to why the man's not not willing to go a lot of the time and uh it kind of goes between and actually another criticism i have of the film is that um uh the mother is kind of at least sort of the last quarter of the film, last third of the film, um, she's kind of willing to accept help from the the Dutch couple, um, especially towards the end when they try and escape in the car and then um, the Dutch 
couple find them and they and they sort of like when the mother is a bit like oh yeah let's just accept they have i, th- I think most gruesome is that she kind of she's kind of made to or she's she's written to be like um or like like forced into taking a positive spin on it rather than what she was the entire film was like afraid of this couple <laughs> and rightly yeah, so yeah. um and i think uh it, it's it, it's it, it, another interesting part about the film is that there are so many so so many visuals kind of like <laughs> sear on your mind as well like i think one that comes to mind immediately was that um is of the is of the the um the dutch man who i think watches through the sort of um the bedroom window of uh, I, I think i think the danish couple are sort of shagging at this point and you see the sort of the the face sort of blue that that's that's just a horrible um horrible image and it kind of sears in um but it's uh but again that's it's essentially because i because i i liked it because i can see all the sort of psychological motivations i do agree that i a lot of the time i was just like don't say yes don't say yes you're you're an idiot you're stupid and even up to the final um count and i think there are a lot of things that can be looked into that um uh i do think of the main comment is kind of middle class politeness personally and that kind of the unwillingness to say no under any circumstances um and to a certain extent is quite unrealistic but i think it kind of works for the uh works for the tension um but as i say i think there should be some a bit a bit of relief or, or more points of relief um There's no relief in that it just gradually no. gets worse <laughs> you know it's starting it like spoilers um there's a scene where the the, the kids are dancing I don't know if we've mentioned that like both sets of parents have got a child each, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And the boy isn't able to speak because he doesn't really have a tongue. Is that right? And they come yeah. up with some excuse why, some medical thing that why well, he can't talk. But anyway, that that scene is I think where it starts to get more and more miserable. And yeah. I think from that from then on, it and it's probably about forty minutes. I think I wrote. I think from there on, it's just a really unpleasant film that mm. you know I would never watch again. Um, and I really wanted to know really why Larry really loves this film because <laughs> I was wondering I mean... if there's something wrong with him. Um, <laughs> okay. yeah. he's not here to defend himself at the moment so uh well i think i could i could see why larry likes i mean i i like yeah. this one to a certain extent um i think i i think also it, it's very different from the kind of usual beats of a, of a horror film yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um to the point where it has a such a such a depressing ending um i mean again i probably one of the most horrible endings i've ever seen in a film or in a, definitely in a horror film. Um, Martyrs is up there. I Martyrs think. is up there, but yeah. the thing is with yeah. Martyrs is that I I don't really treat Martyrs too seriously, um, mainly because I thought the ending of Martyrs is really, really shit. <laughs> so it kind of, the horribleness of Martyrs is, is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of wiped away by the by, by its... So the stupid ending. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with this, the ending really worked for me, but it's just... It, it's just horrible. Well, I think um, if I didn't have kids, I might, I might be able to enjoy it a bit more. Hmm. But having children and, and being in that situation, that I would never have put my kids in anyway. Um, no. And then everything that happens, I, I don't even think we should spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it because it, it does have a. I wouldn't. It's not a twist, is it? But it's it's just fucking horrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> Style ending, so we. I don't think we should give that away too much. Um, yeah, but the whole thing right up to the very end is just really unpleasant. And they seem to, when they catch, when when the the the, the nice dad catches on to what is actually really going on when he finds that room with all the kind of newspaper cuttings or whatever on the photos, aren't there? There's lots of photos mm. of couples they've met before, and there's a lot and i mean a lot that they hadn't been caught um so i found that a little bit unbelievable 
Well, yeah, because um, surely this couple have just told their friends that they're going to visit these people. And then surely when they don't show up at work or whatever, there's a postcard yeah. that says the address and everything on it. Yeah, so there's so, evidence. There's evidence, unless they move away or... Mm. I don't know, but you would have thought there'd be a fair bit of evidence mm. multiple yeah. times. I mean, possibly. I mean, it's 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 interesting because I I read um, again. I was sort of read an interview with the director, um, and he sort of um, talks about that slightly. He sort of try he he sort of said the reason why there's no like police or authority or anything like that is because they wanted he wanted to show like uh, evil in an almost mythological way in a kind of sort of. This is pure evil and exists outside of reality. And in, in 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 some cases, he's a very intelligent guy, actually, from 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 the interview. Anyway, but you're right; it's kind of um, it. But it, it, to be honest, that didn't really bother me. So I, I, I suppose because it's like there are lots of like serial killers who don't get caught. If you know what I mean. I mean, maybe, maybe these serial killers didn't really cover their tracks, to be honest. But there's a kind of mystery there, and there's a kind of um, there's almost a a, a, a reality to it because you know there is no happy ending and it's kind of it makes it more gruesome and you think of all the of all the you know all the times when people didn't escape from horrible events which isn't yeah. covered as much in cinema and that kind of leaves you with a sort of um uh a kind of leftover dread that sort of follows you i mean I, I, after the film finished i texted larry immediately saying what the fuck have you done to me <laughs> Because <laughs> I was just like, oh god. Well, um, I, I think I honestly think our main features need to be a bit more jolly than that. <laughs> maybe, maybe leave you with some hope, and and, and maybe even enjoy it. Um, and it just didn't at all. And it's like I don't even really want to speak about it in some ways. <laughs> uh, I, I can't find any. I can't find anything really positive with it oh yeah it's you know it's it's well made and it's a story but did it make me feel great at the end of it no i didn't want jess to watch it <laughs> to be honest and but so, you know I, but I, I suppose it depends on what you want out of uh, a sort of film experience really i mean I, I i liked it because i liked being in some way obviously it's a very challenging film yeah. and i think in a you know, in an industry that likes to follow the formula, that likes to, you know, hit the same beats over and over again, it can be quite refreshing, albeit in a very tense way, to have those systems uh, challenged, essentially. So it's a sort oh, of a new experience. I was engaged um, the whole way, but don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, there was no looking at the phone, really. There was, you know, I was watching it, I was into it, but it just made me feel sad and empty and untrusting of people in general really yeah i mean it sounds like me to a, to a team so, so <laughs> well i really want to know what jess thinks because you watched it with big shane didn't you no i so i was sat here watching it on my monitor while shane was doing stuff and he kind of was watching parts of it and then it got to that ending scene and he was just kind of stood behind watching it. And then he was like, don't look. And I was like, okay. So I was looking away. And I could kind of see from the corner of my eye. And then he was like, don't look. Still don't look. What bit was this? What bit, the, what bit was car. this? Oh, okay. Yeah, at the end. Um, and then I could finally look again. And then he kind of stood and watched that entire ending with me. And then afterwards, he was like, what's wrong with Larry? He's like, I feel sick now. So... He was like, he is effed up. <laughs> what <laughs> is wrong with Larry? What are we talking yeah. about? It's like Larry made the film. <laughs> <laughs> he made us watch it. Yeah. So, Larry, do you have therapy? If you don't, why not get therapy? Because <laughs> you've got issues. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. It just. Oh, I don't know. I just found it very dramatic. The whole film, like the there were times where nothing was happening, and then all of a sudden you've got like this loud dramatic music, like horror music, over scenes yeah. where nothing is happening, and it's like okay, they're trying to make this some sort of like psychological thrillery thing going on. Um, and yeah, I just 
I don't know, the couple that were, you know, not saying no to anything, were just making me angry because I was like, you're, you're stupid. <laughs> like, just keep driving. Also, like, when someone tells you that they're, they lied about their job, they're unemployed, they don't believe in working, run. Yeah, run. <laughs> like, why are you still there? Like, the man has just stolen your money because you've paid for dinner. Um, and I also really want to know, they're babysitter, right? What does he get out of this? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, what role does he actually play in this? That's what I want to know. Well, it's in- yeah. well, it was interesting with that as well. Again, this ca- I-, I didn't think about I didn't really think about it as I was watching it. But again, in the interview, um, it was interesting that he was because he, 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 in the film for people who are listening, um, they sort of invite babysitters to look after the kids. Like last minute, they didn't realize that the Danish parents didn't realize that they're leaving. They're leaving their kid um, at the house with this babysitter. They didn't. They didn't know, um, and. Um, it's a, it's it, essentially it's, it's a, it's a, um, a black man who, who is um, uh, babysitting them, and it said, it said in his interview that um, uh, that that is very um, deliberate because um, the middle class couple didn't want to, um, you know, be politically incorrect or anything like that, so they didn't. So it's another way of almost um, getting <laughs> this couple not to question say, or just say to say yes, uh, say yes constantly um and i think that's sort of the motivation behind it and again i i find that quite interesting i mean i i do agree i I was watching it the whole way through saying you know why are you doing this what 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 possible reason could you have not to get back on the boat i mean the fact that they went to the couple in the first place it's you know baffles me entirely but um but i think i think it still is a testament to so that kind of, um, I don't know, that extreme politeness, I suppose. I mean, at the end, it's like, um, without giving too much away, the Danish couple are like, well, why are you doing this? And the, the Dutch people are like, because you let us. And I think that's quite a kind of a, in, indicative of, you know, that, that they don't, um, the, the film doesn't reveal their motivations, the, the sort of the, the psycho's motivations much, but that's that's quite clear in, in, in some ways in that it's almost like it's a game to this to this Dutch couple who just want to see how far they can push um, and obviously the most successful ones are the ones that do say yes all the time um, and uh, but yeah, so it's I, I, I sort of agree I sort of agree and disagree in some ways it's sort of but yeah, you're right. It is frustrating. It's a constantly frustrating film. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shall we rate it? So I don't want to give away the ending at all. Sure. We can. Uh, I'm going to give it six because it is well made. It did keep me engaged. It just left me feeling generally unhappy. And <laughs> I've watched a lot of Hellraiser since to cheer me up. <laughs> I've been playing with this an awful lot as well. Um, is it is it yeah. the Rubicon they call it, or what do they call it? Wow, it's, I can't remember what they call it. It's the box, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, it just it just left me feeling empty and, and sad, and and as a parent, absolutely disgusted that they let this happen. You know, horrible. So, Jess, six. Would have got more if it had a happy ending. (laughs) That's what I wanted, a happy ending. They just changed the end. I've been well happy. Probably say a five. Wasn't really my thing. It was shot well. It looked nice. Um, But that's kind of it. What are you going to give it, Ewan? Uh, well, to shift it, I'm I'm probably going to give it eight and a half, actually. Okay. Um, because I think, I mean, as I say, I wouldn't watch it again, but I think, I think most of it's good. I think it's written very well. Um, I think it's uh, the, the performances were directed quite quite wonderfully, as um, and as you say, the visuals, it, it it's quite sort of disturbing the visual i mean especially when you've got certain shots that sort of stick in the mind as i say um it's it's tense from the very beginning and 
there's even that shot that I think it's like a steady cam or, or handheld shot of him trying to find the doll in Italy. And even that's a bit creepy in, in some ways, and you're wondering how it's gonna how that's gonna develop. Um and as you say, Jess, the kind of um the sort of operatic music when nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I actually I, I again I, I quite like that. It reminded me a bit of um some Kubrick films. I think it's that kind of uh build up energy because because I think even the mundane shots that there's something weird about them and i think it's that i think he's trying to craft that sense of uncertainty the director i think he's trying to sort of um to try to look at the layers underneath which i think the parents are trying to do the whole, the whole way through the film um so i think it's very well, well made but i wouldn't watch it again <laughs> so eight and a half yeah <laughs> about six bonus yeah not 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 for me again Mm-mm. I've watched it twice now. That was enough. All right, should we have a trailer pick? Is that all right? Sure. See if we can cheer us, cheer us up. Oh, you bastards! Why are you torturing me like this? Why? Okay. Good day. Hey, be home by dinner. I love you. Good morning, Mr. Fielding. Morning, Catherine. And here are your daughters, Angela and Catherine. About seven hours ago, and that's the last information we have. Catherine! Angela! If you can hear this, we love you. Please come home. Hey. Hey, you found her? What are you and Catherine doing out there in those woods? They were just walking and walking. That's all I remember. Angela, can you tell your dad how long you were gone? A few hours. Baby, you've been gone three days. Okay. So what was that, was that Exodus the Believer? Exodus Believer. Yeah, so Exodus Believer, Angela and her friend Catherine disappear in the woods only to return three days later with no memory of what happened to them. Um, I'm a little worried this trailer's given everything away. Yeah, it's what possible. I've seen. Because, um, yeah, it, it does show you a lot in that trailer. Yeah, I mean, it looks very similar to, I mean, it's directed by um, David Gordon Green, who... Um, also did the recent um halloween sequels um it looks Which to be like. going what, what? Yeah, i quite like those yeah I, 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 I i'm all right i haven't seen the the last one but i thought the first two were okay um but you can see that they're doing a similar thing with the exorcist here i actually think it think it looks quite good but you can kind of see that they've you know they've like how halloween brought back laurie strode as a sort of woman they've also brought back um, the ex's mother, uh, Chris, uh, um, uh, from the from the first Exorcist film, um, to kind of overlook this new sort of dual exorcism that's going on. Um, but it looks pretty good, and, and and I think more people might flock to it because um, of the recent death of um, so, Billy Freakin. Um, it's a direct sequel, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's a direct sequel. One. Yeah, it's the first one, much like how Halloween was. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a trilogy or not, um, but it looks it looks fine. I mean, I I I can't imagine it, it, but it's weird because I mean, the first Exorcist film. I haven't seen the, any of the other Exorcists, but to me, the first Exorcist film is is like more than horror in some ways because it's it's directed in a very specific way. It's almost yeah. artistic, or, or it is artistic in the way it's directed. That when you watch a trailer um, for this film is basically trying to you know recapture some of the former energy but it but it does it in a very like because i don't think billy freakin saw the exorcist as a horror film strictly you know it unaccount- it obviously is but i don't think he saw it as a horror film whereas david gordon green clearly does see exorcist a horror film and, and goes full fully into it um but it looks quite scary it looks quite entertaining so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing it i think it looks all right oh, i can't wait can't wait. There's a few films coming out. None too. It's only only because I've been to cinema twice in the last few days, three days. Um, my house cobweb. None too. What else was? It? Oh, Five Nights at Freddy's. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. I say good stuff. I'm hoping it is. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I don't. I, ha- well, I haven't watched the trailer for None too, so I don't really know what the story is. It looks okay. It looks the same. Just a nun yeah. doing doing nun <laughs> stuff. All she does yeah. is strangle people, pretty much. Yeah. She grabs them, she creeps up on them, grabs them by the neck, 
blends in with the background normally and then grabs him by the neck. That's kind of the, the cycle. Just none things. None things. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag none things. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking forward to that one. So, uh, yeah, should we move on to what we watched in the last couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? I might, I might, might change that one day. That one, I've had that for over, you know, it's over three years old now. Incredible, mm. 105 episodes. Um, what have I been watching? Loads. On Friday, I watched um, "Talk to Me" when a group of friends. Discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. See you at ten. Where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently, it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. (laughs) All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. Right. What did I make of this one? So I went with my oldest son, Ollie, on Friday. Um, to a pretty much not many people in the cinema at all. Quite surprised at. Um, it's it, it's good. I've heard a lot of people say positive things. I think she is your normal kind of teeny. Well, they look teeny, don't they? How old are these? But they're the 18, 20, yeah, 17, I, I 18, I think. Yeah, so the stuff they do well. With, with the kind of hand scenes are amazing. Um, it really gets you. And there's some really violent... Have you seen it, Ewan? Yeah, I have seen it. Um, the violent scenes actually had me looking... For a 15, mm. especially with the young lad, had me looking at my son, he's looking at me, and I was like, oh, God, this is it's quite brutal. Yeah, I, I think those are the best scenes in the film. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're, execu- they're, they're d- directed very well. I mean, my, my problem with it is that yeah. I think the best of the film is probably in the first 20 minutes, half an hour. There's um, a lot of filler, I found. Like, the pacing was a bit... Yeah. I'm getting a little bit bored at times. Yeah, you know? I, I, I I felt the same. And I, I was sort of... I I feel like it was... I mean, I, I really like um, the two directors who and, and I like how it's... I like to a certain extent how it's written. But yeah. it does sort of feel like a first film effort to me because I feel like it was clearly trying to scrabble for stuff after after the premise was covered. And it's a good premise and it's a good execution of the premise. But after that, you could kind of see that they were struggling to figure out, as you say, how to fill. Um, yeah, it was a, to get it to an hour and a half when they probably could have done it in 45 minutes. But mm. we know there's going to be a sequel to this, I would have thought. Mm. without a doubt it's kind of left that way isn't it um and you know it might it might be superior because i I do think the directors are good and i feel like they will go on to do better things it's just i think that this was a a sort of first film effort a good effort but i I look forward to seeing what they do yeah jess i think you should go and watch this one i think Mm -hmm. it's right up your street yeah it's and i I think shane could cope with it i would have thought (laughs) yeah it is it's just (laughs) I've I've seen some he won't great. Tell you to look away. <laughs> I've seen some like I went. Smile was a good film. Um, I I enjoyed the Black Phone. There's been some good horror, not not amazing horror, but in the last years, stuff at the cinema that I've really enjoyed and and like that was good. It wasn't, although it, you know it was stretched out a bit. It was still hour and a half, and it was doable. If it'd been two hours long, I'd have been. Mm. I don't think they would they they'd have got that far, but. Um, the only the only 
issue I had was the main actor, the the, the girl. I remember what her name was now, but like I found her quite annoying. Yeah, I, I, like her voice, the way she spoke at times. Oh, <laughs> right, her voice. Sorry, I don't know. No, I just, no, I, just, I think she. But... I don't know. If she she was in. Was she English British? She had Australian, like a. I think. She was, she was Australian. Well, it's an Australian yeah, set film, so I can. Yeah, remember. but I couldn't work out her what. It was a bit. I found her quite annoying, but um, let's not give too much away. So you, you should go and watch that, Jess. Um, what else have I watched? I won't show I tried it for, but I did watch Bo is Afraid, which I loved. Oh, yeah. oh that surprises me. So you, so you really liked it, did you? So good. And it, there was a bit at the end, and I can't even put my finger on it now what it was, and it was like it kind of made sense this journey had been on. Mm. Uh, and it totally made sense. I can't even pinpoint it now because it is like three hours long and it's a long mm. journey. Um, But he's so good in it. Yeah, Phoenix. I don't know what to believe in it. I, I still don't know <laughs> what was real, what isn't. Um, it's, a, it's just so, just so good. No, yeah, I, I, mean, I like the the other director's films as well, like Hereditary, yeah. Midsummer. But this is just, it's it's different, and it is scary at times. But I could relate to it. That journey he'd been on, I could definitely relate to. So. Yeah, that, that that was a ten for me. I can't believe I sat there for a three-hour film. Not it does reading. go by. It's 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 an interesting one because yeah. I mean there there are some points in the middle where I suppose it it drags slightly, but it is a it is an incredibly quick three hours, and you could be I think because you're so transfixed by what's going on and you're so confused by it, and it is a it. I mean, in, in my mind, it's like a three-hour nightmare. Um, and that's kind of how I how I look at it. Sort of a three hour nightmare of a um a sort of fifty year old virgin with social anxiety. It's kind of it's kind yeah, of that yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. a, a level to it. Um I think I've said, I I I saw it twice in the cinema. Um I, I, I'm not sure if I prefer it to uh, I, I I definitely prefer Midsummer, but I think it's on par with with hereditary. I think it's certainly it's certainly the most one of the most interesting film that's been that's been made this year. Um, although for some so, reason I expected more from it, I, I don't know why, and I can't really pinpoint why I expected more from it. But um, but but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's I'm confused by it. Like I don't know if his mum was alive or not. I still don't know. I think she was, but she might not have been. Um, I don't know. I don't know if any of that stuff at the end was real at all. Mm. Like when he goes back to his home. Mm. And why he was living in that other place in the first place. <laughs> I don't know what's real in it, but it's a great watch. Mm. So it's all down to interpretation. Is yep. that right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's also another, I mean, I, I did pick up things the second time round as well. So it's a film that is constantly sort of constantly unravels the sort of more you watch it. Um, and I think it's a, it's a very good effort from, Harry Esther and in you can see how how great a filmmaker he is. I mean, again, I think I prefer Midsummer, but I think this is a this is a great experimental effort from him. I like Hereditary the most of the three mm. of them because I think that is that is a horror film. Um, mm. I wouldn't say Midsummer is, and I definitely Bo is you know Fred. I wouldn't say that's a horror really. Um, not out and out. No, 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 no. So like, yeah, so Hereditary's good one but will we get a director's cut of oh it's right is it going to be five <laughs> like 10 hours, hours long, long. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right so i i'll talk about so i've been making my way through the hell raisers um I, I i do own them all so i was going through in the last week i've watched it's been quite nice because i've been i'm finishing work reasonably early and in the evenings i've dropped football a bit at the moment not not coaching as much so I've had some spare time. So I did Hellraiser Full Bloodline and five and six, seven. And I managed to finish the remake, which I really liked. So Hellraiser Four Bloodline. Centuries ago, a toy maker set out to build the perfect puzzle box, a gift that would bring enchantment 
to all who possessed it. He never dreamed that this simple toy was the key to the gates of hell. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? Now, centuries later, a scientist has unlocked its secret. And the battle for the future of mankind is about to be fought across the boundaries of time. Welcome to Oblivion. Amazing. Really jumping genres there, aren't they? So you had sort of period drama, you had sci-fi. There's a lot of period drama in it that's really good. And then you get the sci-fi stuff. And it starts off very sci-fi. Let me just read. Our listeners won't know what the fuck's going on otherwise. So, Hellraiser 4 Bloodline. In the 22nd century, a scientist attempts to right the wrongs his ancestor created. The puzzle box that opens the gates of hell. So basically, this strange guy asks this puzzle box maker to make a puzzle box, and they do some kind of ritual, and the puzzle box literally can open the gates of hell. And that gate, I think, can only be closed by the last bloodline doing something. So it does start very period drama, I don't know, two, three hundred years in the past, and it ends up in outer space with the great, great, great grandson of the, the, the puzzle box maker trying to close, <laughs> close the gate. And I think it's I think it's great. I think Clive Barker was still involved at this point. Um everything that Bradley's in is amazing. Um there isn't many other Cenobites at all. Um but it, it's my it was my fault. I was really surprised how much I actually like this. And I, I think it it's not got a great rating on Rotten, but I, I I'd be up there giving it seven or eight bonus all day long. But you, you get to to the next film, which I'll pick up on in our next episode, um, and they do gradually get worse and and less Cenobite involvement because I don't even know if they're Hellraiser films. I just think some of the future ones might have just had Cenobites bolted onto it, Hellraiser bolted onto it last minute because they don't seem that way. So I really like this film. Um, I, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it because it, it's fun. And and I think this film ends it. There should be no more Hellraisers after this film. So, and but there are, I own eleven. So that there's a lot, lot, lot of them. Um, yeah, it's great fun. Last thing I talk about is I won't show a trailer, but I went to see Meg, the Meg Two this afternoon. Um, I went to see that at half past one today. So not. Still in my mind, I took my ten-year-old with me to see it. Who hadn't actually seen the Meg? Mm-hmm. When I told him I was taking him because I don't want to go, because what do you mean want, don't want to go? My dad took me to see Jaws when I was like four. <laughs> Why would you not want to go? Um, but we went. We had fun with it. It is. It's a. It's a silly film, isn't it? It's Jason Statham. It's there's a lot of silliness. I I really liked it actually. There were some boring bits. It's, it's at least a couple hours long. Um, but it doesn't take itself seriously, um, and it's all right. I, I think for a cinema experience, for me, you know, we paid six pounds each to go and watch it at View, and um, and it was fun. Um, so I'd recommend it. Want a few hours out? Go and watch the Meg. Lots of sharks, giant <laughs> octopus. It's in the trench. Um. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's it's, it, have you seen the first one? I've seen the first one, and it was, it was similar it, bits in it as well. It, it, very it much because I, when I started working for Culture Whisper, 
uh, one of my first assignments, actually, my first reviews was to cover the Meg. Um, but they, they held it at a one of these like big um, like PR organized events. I mean, not yeah. too massive, but it was an event in London where they had a screening of the film at a sort of outdoor swimming pool uh, situation. Oh, now, on the face of it, yeah. that's a great idea. It's a great PR idea and everything like that. I think it's something Lido, you know, it was quite nice. Mm. Basically, chairs by the by by the pool as you're sitting on the screen watching The Meg, which is obviously a ridiculous film. But they didn't take into account that it was it was British summer, you know. And about halfway through the film, it just pissed down with rain. Oh. <laughs> just like on all of us. And we're just so... They sold ponchos and stuff. But I didn't. I didn't think I'd need one. It was just like just. It was just. A, it was. It was an awful experience. Kind of. Uh, I mean, the Meg. I. I thought. I thought the first one was fun. I thought. Yeah, I, it, is, I, it is what it I, is, isn't it? It's. It, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. I. I. But I, again, I, I don't have much urge to see the second one. The only urge I do have, is that it's directed by Ben Wheatley, who's it's fun. Who, who you know who's, who's done lots of indie stuff in the past but he's been moving more into mainstream stuff he did a rebecca remake recently so i i suppose i'd be intrigued just from that point of view i but... think you might enjoy parts of it i think mm. some parts would bore you but i think for a cinema film it's it's fun i don't know if i'll watch it again but yeah it is it's good the sharks are good I think the special effects. I don't know. They could have done with spending a bit more money on them. I think. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but that that's that's a. There's lots more. I watched both Wicker Men, Wicker Man in the last few weeks. I watched Barbarian again. Um, Evil Dead Rise. There's it, it's loads. So, what have you been watching, you? Enough of me. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I suppose in the past two weeks, um, Barbenheimer happened. Um, so, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer at, at once. Um, I was very actually uh, very lucky to get sort of press screenings for for both of them um, almost last minute because they were just such a, an overload of um, sort of requests for them. And I thought it was, they were both very good. I, I personally prefer Oppenheimer to to Barbie. I mean, it's a weird. So it's it's very weird comparing the two because they're completely they're completely different films. But I think in terms of and it's it's funny comparing them. I I because on the face of it, you sort of compare them in terms of importance. Um, because you know, Oppenheimer is about um the nuclear arms race and about yeah. how we're likely to destroy ourselves in the future because of everyone having nuclear weapons and all, all this, that, and the other. But then when you watch Barbie. It's, I mean, obviously, it's not about nuclear weapons, but it's about the sort of, you know, feminism and modern feminism specifically, and how, you know, um, and sort of a, a journey through female empowerment, especially in sort of politically over the last few years. And I think that's also very important. So it's, it's, it's weird to, it's almost like feminism versus the nuclear arms race in, in some ways. But they're both, they're both brilliant films. Um, I would obviously say see Barbie if you want to have more fun at the cinema. Oppenheimer is very much a kind of leaves you on a very depressing and sort of um, leaves you filled filled with dread, which I kind of liked because I liked how I mean Nolan's great at sort of building that, and I think it is his most. Um, Would that end up on my horseshit list or not? I don't think so because I think no. because I think even though it ends. I mean, I suppose it's ambiguous the ending, but it's kind of it's it's still quite a depressing ending. But you're not tense throughout, like in Speak oh, okay. No Evil. It's kind of, uh, but it's a very fast film. It's a three hour film, but there's lots of talking, there's lots of discussions around tables. Um, but it's very very entertaining, and I think Killian Murphy sort of nails it as as a central performer, as as Oppenheimer himself, and it's yeah. and um, I find it interesting, especially after. Tenor, which I didn't like very much. I thought it was okay, but the problem I have with Ten is that it's sort of um, there's not enough character in it for me. There's not enough um, character development because I mean the the main character is literally called the protagonist, which really annoys me. Um, but I, I <laughs> but I feel like Nolan kind of makes up for all that with Oppenheimer, yeah. which is so character led 
um and you really you're really in sort of multiple minds about oppenheimer himself because you know um and and, and uh, you, you're in as many minds about him as you are about the creation of the atom bomb you know in the, in the same way that you know at the atom bomb was originally um being developed because they wanted their they're fighting against the nazis because the nazis was were going to create one apparently and then the nazis sort of declared surrender and yet they were still working on the bomb and decided to bomb at nagasaki so there were all these you know horrible ethical issues which i think only someone like christopher nolan can tackle with any kind of uh nuance i suppose a lot of people say a lot of people have criticized the scripts um and I kind of see that because he's, because um, Nolan's scripts are very expositional, and sometimes it is just like watching uh, like two people like discuss like um, the background of something. But I think a lot of that is necessary. Um, a lot of it is very quick, but again, I think that's necessary because I think the events around those are very quick, and because it's from Oppenheimer's point of view for the most part, I think that makes sense. I mean, even um, I bought the script recently, uh, the screenplay. And uh, Nolan does a strange thing with the script where with scenes involving Oppenheimer, he writes the descriptions in the first person. So for those who don't know, screenplays are usually written like instructions or like 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 a cooking manual almost. So this person does this, this person does that, or usually in the present tense. Whereas Nolan, actually, it's almost like a novel that you're reading because it's like, I'm doing this and or I'm doing that as J. Roll Oppenheimer. So he really and, and it's a really sort of an exercise in perspective, the film, because you drop between Oppenheimer and his sort of an, antagonist character. And it's a very and it, you know, it's black and white, it's in color. It's it's a very visual auditory experience, um, from that point of view. Um I think it's one of one of the one of the best films of the year, I think. Um and I really enjoyed it. I saw it at the sort of the IMAX screen in the Science Museum, which is a very good That's cool. Yeah. Um venue and I, I would advise if for anyone um i mean my my parents went to see it um at um <laughs> at the local cinema in seven oaks and as much as i love that local cinema it's a it's a tiny screen with like a very basic sounding system because it's a very old building um i would recommend people to see it on the biggest screen and the bit and the best sound system possible because i think you're missing out on a lot of the the, the technical brilliances of the film. Um, and I, I would say if there was any film you're going to watch the IMAX, it, it has to always be a Nolan film. Even, even Tenet, I, you know, it is worth seeing at the IMAX, even though I didn't like it that much. Just the, the technical brilliance of Tenet is worth seeing at the IMAX alone. And I think it's the same for, for Oppenheimer. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed both Barbie and Oppenheimer, but Oppenheimer's, I think, if if Barbie, Barbie I, I gave Barbie four stars and I gave Oppenheimer five because it's just... It's just too good. Um, but yeah, so that's basically my mission. I did watch a trailer today for a, a new Star Wars series. Yeah, ah ah Ahsoka. Yeah, that looked pretty good on the big screen, but is is that coming to Disney soon? It didn't really say. Yeah, it's coming out, I think, on the 21st of August, I think. Right, um, so that's not long. I, I'm a bit sort of flat out with star wars stuff now after um the first episode of season three of the mandalorian kind of didn't i don't think i've seen the third series yeah i thought you know i thought seasons one and two of mandalorian are very good um and then book of boba fett came out and that was rubbish um and then the first episode of mandalorian like set up was set up with the premise that you that oh because you 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 definitely have seen book of boba fett haven't you and then you watch the first episode of season three of Mandalorian, and you're like, I don't know what's going on because I didn't see the Book of Boba Fett, which was rubbish. And it did that, it did what Assassin's Creed 3 did. Um, sorry, I won't get into it, but it's, um, but yeah. It's That's sort of the best different. game, isn't it? Mm, I think Assassin's Creed 4 was pretty good. And Assassin's Creed 2 I really good. enjoyed Assassin's Creed 3. I think that was the only one I finished. But I think it didn't make sense to me because I didn't get the expansions of Assassin's Creed 2 which is very okay. vital to understanding the story of Assassin's Creed 3. So I just had Assassin's Creed 2. I just played that, didn't get the expansions. And then I played Assassin's Creed 3, and I had no idea what was going on because uh... they, the story points were all covered in, I can't remember what it's called now, Brotherhood or, 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 or something yeah. like that. Um, but that's what annoyed me. And it was a similar case with Mandalorian, where it's like they expected you to watch to watch the spin-off. 
um, even though it was rubbish. Um, and he, and they had a secret Mandalorian episode within Book of Boba Fett. And um, and because I didn't watch that, I didn't understand what was going on, and I didn't want to watch any more because they, that I feel like I was uh, I was tricked. I was conned. Tricked. Um, conned by the sort of Disney machine. I mean, I'm getting annoyed by all these series now. But uh, yeah, so I'm not I'm not that excited by Ahsoka to be okay. honest. But yeah. Yes. I I've watched things. Couldn't tell you what. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've watched Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh, nice! That's the one thing I am seeing that. Yeah. Watching. It's on Disney Plus it, now. It? Yeah, it came out last this week, yeah. I think. Um, that was an emotional roller coaster. Um. It's the last one, isn't it? It's the last one. Mm, I think so. Is it? Has yeah. Ryan Crew got bigger? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's at this one. Okay. But um, yeah, it's a very odd film. That's all I'll say. <laughs> just, I need to see that. Yeah. I was thinking of getting Disney anyway for a month, because mm. or a month or two, because I wouldn't mind watching this new Star Wars series. After I know yeah. Alex would like to watch it. Um, I mean, I. I've watched all of the Star Wars series. I have retained no information. I can't <laughs> tell you what happened at all in the last like Mandalorian season. Can't remember at all. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna have to rewatch all of it again before anything new comes out. Um, but then it's the same with all the Mar- Marvel stuff as well. Like all these different series coming out and then all these new films that are coming out. It's like I don't remember anything that happened in the series I watched two years ago. So. Yeah. Um, and then we've been playing uh, a game called It Takes Two, which is yeah. a very fun game on PlayStation. We've been playing it's it a uh, couple of years, I want to say okay. now, maybe. Um, but yeah, very good. You have to work together to solve things. And it's a very fun game. Um, and I'm determined for once in my life to actually finish games that I start. So this is going to be my first one on my list I finish um, completely. So and then I started God of War Ragnarok as well. Is that, um, I, what's that on? X? Is that on PC? PlayStation no, playing PlayStation. it. Okay. I, I mean, that's a game. I mean, you said about um, finishing games. That's a game I still, I, I bought it when it came out. So what, November last year? Still haven't finished it. I'm determined to finish it in the next few weeks or something because it's just, yeah. I think, I think, well, I think the minimum story time is like twenty-five hours or something, and I think often after about fifteen hours, I I I, I play less and less of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. because like it gets harder and harder, so I'm like, oh, I'm motivated to kill this boss, whatever. But yeah, yeah. I'll see in the next few weeks. That's the thing. I've played so many games that don't have a start and like finish. Mm. It's kind of just like Stardew Valley and those types of games that you can't really complete them they just keep going Uh, and i kind of feel like i need to play some games that actually i can complete and then be like yep i've done that now i can move to something else yeah Yeah. there was a a big update the other week on dying light 2 so i kind of because i'd finished it anyway so i jumped back into it and it has changed an awful lot and it's there's been some big updates on there as well so i've been playing that again and i think well alex has got it my son so we've been playing that a bit together so that, that that's been good and um, i have got the golem film to start um game to start playing but i've heard it's yeah really bad a lot of people, really, yeah, a lot of slating really it, bad yeah. and i love the lord of the rings game um, but i've kind of held off so that's where i am at the moment so next week or week after a couple of weeks time are we okay to do evil dead rise yeah if it's available is available on, on demand now um. See, I own it in 4K. Obviously. Oh, well, I mean, if you own it in 4K, um, then it's then I'll be out. Yeah, I think you can rent it, but it, yeah. I don't know if it's out yet. Probably on Internet Plus. I would have thought, Jess. Um, it is available. It is available on. Is it? Uh, we, I know, think usual stuff like Prime and Apple and stuff like that. Is yeah. So I think. That'd be worth doing a bit more. Again, it's it's quite brutal in parts, but it's it's a lot of fun. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. It'll probably it'll probably do quite well as well because 
that yeah. our our previous Evil Deads have done quite well. Amazingly well, the, like yeah. in the f- thousands. Mm. Um, I think I think the three, two or three we did have probably had fifty thousand views, which is quite a lot. Mm. This will probably get three views. <laughs> so, Thanks, people Larry. don't want to hear. People don't want. Yeah, and that's yeah. That's literally Larry going. He's not on. even here. No, so Larry, you're sick in the head. For like, you know, anyway. you've got so, you've got you've got issues. Go to therapy. Yeah, you, you dump this on us and don't even come here because you're in the big smoke or wherever you are doing what you're doing. I don't. Um. And he said he'd come on here and put some comments on, but he hasn't been on at all. Where is he? Where's Larry? <laughs> oh, where's Wally? <laughs> where's, where's Larry? Yeah. But now, bless him. Hopefully, he'll be back to watch Evil Dead. Right. I would have thought he's got some kind of box set or some of it anyway. He's got some uh, explaining to do. Yeah, he's got some we can do that in the next. Episode. Oh, look who it is! There he is. Oh, here comes. Here comes. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> Fucking Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin you got a lot Jess to answer for, young man. Kevin Jess was definitely not just slating you, Larry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh dear. You're a there sick son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Larry. Sitting mm. through that. It was, that is a hot pick. It is not a main feature, Larry. Would you agree? <laughs> Come on. Jess wants to send you to therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we know he can feel things. Yeah. Apparently. He's emotional. Yeah. So, he's emotional. yeah. He, he would... He would buy. I'm, I'm hopefully, hopefully you've got Evil Dead Rise, Larry, ready for our next episode, and that you'll definitely be there. It'd be great if you were. So, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's the Bones Horror Pod. Um, Instagram's the same. Facebook can fuck itself. <laughs> um, if you want to email us, it's the Bones Horror Pod. If you've got any screamers, screeners, and things for us, it's the best place to send them. Boneshorrorpod at gmail.com. And thank you very much for listening and watching. Yeah. And we'll be back soon with uh, Evil Dead Rise. Thanks for watching. See you later. See you. Bye.